Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. There are ways to, uh, there are ways to do our part. If you're concerned about the virus, keep your hands sanitized. Uh, keep your face mask on it and maintain your distance. There are things that we can do. But after you do what you do, you have to live. You have to live. There's an old saying, if you're going to worry, don't pray. Or why pray? And if you're going to pray, why worry? Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Well, welcome everybody once again. Glad to see you in the house of the Lord live and in person in the house of God. And we welcome our, also our online community that are joining us from all over, all over around the world. Thank you guys for being a part of the services today. And we know the Lord will richly bless you. Well, as you know, we've been in a series entitled Breaking Free. God wants you to break free really so that you can uh, flow and enjoy life and be the people that God has called you to be. You know, as I read the scriptures, as I read about Jesus, I cannot find where he lived every day burdened with cares and burdened with worries, where he was all stressed out. I can't find that. I can't find that anywhere. And since you and I are Christians, Christ-like, Christ-likeians, so to speak, we're Christians. That means we're like him. And if he didn't live a life with burdens and cares and, and, and live a life in dread, and we'll see that today, then why in the world are we? You know, as one man said, well, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. Well, it seems like some of our apples fell from the tree and rolled down the hill and went some other place. We must return to the image of Christ. Jesus lived a victorious life. Amen victorious life and so we are in his image and we're going to do the same that's our goal we're going to um, call out to him and strive to be like Jesus more and more every day well, on today's message as the Lord gives it to me we're going to be talking about overcoming the spirit of dread overcoming the spirit of dread thank you you may be seated overcoming the spirit of of dread. What is dread? Dread. There was a movie um, some while back about Judge Dread, but that's not what we're talking about. What is dread? Dread is to fear greatly. Be in extreme apprehension of. It can also be uh, to be reluctant to do, meet, or experience something. I've said that I dread going to that. I dread going to work tomorrow. I dread going to the to the party or whatever. I dread going to this meeting. There's something about it that you're fearful about. Dread again. I want you to see this very first definition uh, to fear greatly, to fear greatly. Something if you're in dread of something, it's like a dark cloud that is hanging over your head constantly, constantly. Darkness follows you around this Fear, this extreme fear called dread follows you around constantly and you're never without it. And you can't live a fulfilling life always thinking about this or that. We can even call this thing worry, constantly in worry, 
constantly our mind is focused on the negative. And you can't live life that way. And Jesus came to break you free from that cycle of dread, to break the spirit of dread off of your life, to break those worries, those cares. Remember, as the Bible declares uh, that we can't even bring forth the word of God because of the cares of this life. We can't even do that. when We're always worried, always afraid, living under that dark cloud. And we want to overturn the seat of Satan. We want to overturn these things. And when we overturn it, we'll be able to move forward in our lives. Amen? Amen. So the Lord gives us power today by his spirit to overturn the spirit of dread. Hallelujah. Well, there was one man. Let me give you one example of dread and how it really relates. There are several examples in the word of God that we can give you of how dread can influence a life to the negative if you remain under it. Let's look into the, let's look into the book of Job. Some people call it Job. But his name is Job. Amen. And we're going to look at a few verses here. And I want you to see Job's dread. And we'll go on from there. Job, the first chapter, verses 1 through 5, says this. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright and one that feared God and eschewed evil. The word eschew there means to avoid. He avoided evil. He feared God or honored God and he avoided evil. Verse two, and there was rather, and there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. He had 10 kids, praise the Lord. Verse number three says, his substance also was 7,000 sheep and 3,000 camels and 500 yoke of oxen and 500 she asses and a great, rather, and a very great household so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the East. And his sons went and feasted in their houses, every one his day, and sent and called uh, for, their, for their three sisters to eat and to drink with them. And it was so when the days of their feasting or partying were gone about when they were over, that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. So 10 sacrifices for his children, one for this one, that one, 10 sacrifices. The Bible says, for Job said, it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus Thus did Job continually. In other words, the, the word continually there, if you look at that in the translation, it actually means all the time. He did this all the days. This was Job's regular practice. Now, why was he doing this? Why was he praying or interceding for his children? Because he was afraid that they had done something. He was afraid for them. He lived under a cloud of dread. Oh, there's that bumpity bump music again. Oh, I got to get up in the morning. I got to pray for them. I got to pray for them. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. They may do something wrong. I got to, I got to pray for them. I got to pray. 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 They're not right. Living always under that cloud of dread. Look at Job 3, Job 3, look at verse 24 and then 26, and you really see the conclusion of the matter here. 
Job 3, verse 24, says this out of the New Living Translation, 24 through 26. It says, here's Job after he lost all of that. He says here, I cannot eat for sighing. My groans pour out like water. What I always feared has happened to me. What I dreaded has come true. I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest. Only trouble comes. Did you see that? What I have dreaded has come true. Because dread, living under a constant sense of dread, a constant sense of fear, when this hangs over your head, it actually opens a door for all kind of negative stuff to come in. Living under a cloud of worry every day, not to mention the effects that it has on your physical body. When your body's in a constant state of fight or flight, oh, this is gonna happen, oh, this is gonna happen, oh, this is gonna happen, what did they do? Where are my kids? Where are my grandchildren? What's gonna happen in the business? Where's here? What's there? What? I don't know what's happening. That always, we're always on the ready. You're telling your body to always be on the ready to fight or, or to run, and we're always set that way, always set that way. And on the inside, we're clenched and really don't even know it. It has so many negative effects on our bodies and, of course, on our spirit man as well. And so I'll ask you the question today, what are you dreading? What fears or worries are continually hanging over your head? I'll give you a few. The fear of uh, losing a job or loss of income. Just not having enough money. That's a dread. The fear of the loss of a marriage or a relationship. Are they going to walk out on me? The fear of not being enough or for someone or being rejected by people. They may not like me. The fear of something bad happening. Always something bad happening. The fear of being forgotten. To be like you never existed. The fear of losing everything you value most. That was Job's, wasn't it? The fear of being falsely accused, and in this day and hour, of even being killed, murdered by the police. The fear of contracting the virus, or some sort of cancer, or some sort of illness. Fear, I can't go, living under that cloud. Or it's the fear of being alone. I'll never have anybody. I'll never have anything. And it's that fear that we live under all the time. And we've lived under for so long, it's easy. It's easy. I mean, you don't even realize it anymore that we are so terrified. We're living under it every day. But let me tell you, God wants you to be free and to live free. He wants you to be free from this. You cannot live your life this way. You cannot continue to live your life this way. Something has got to change. Jesus said, I've come that you would have life and have it more abundantly. And a life living under, a life lived under that cloud of dread and worry and fear is not living. It's not a life. And it's not a life that Christ wants for you. Look at Deuteronomy. Let me show you a few scriptures of what God says about this. Deuteronomy 30, Deuteronomy 31, 
Verse number six, listen to the counsel of the Lord. The Lord says here in Deuteronomy, the 31st chapter, verse six, New Living Translation. It says, so be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid and do not panic before them. Who them? In this case, he was talking to the children of Israel about the enemy, about the enemy armies in that, in that land. But in your case, it could be talking to you about whatever you are dreading, even if it's IRS. Whatever you are dreading. The Lord says, do not be afraid and do not panic before them. For the Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. So you don't have to live in dread. The Lord continues to say the same thing over into Joshua. Joshua, the first chapter. Look at Joshua 1.9. Joshua 1.9 says this. Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid. Neither be thou dismayed. Don't live in dread. Why? For the Lord thy God is with thee wheresoever thou goest. God said, I'm with you. I'm with you. You don't have to be afraid of this. Look at Isaiah. Look at Isaiah. Isaiah 41 and 10. The Lord says here in Isaiah 41 verse 10, fear thou not for I am with thee. Is somebody seeing a pattern here? The Lord says, fear thou not for I am with thee. Be not dismayed. Don't live under dread. Don't live under worry. He says, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. I love what Second uh, Timothy 1.17, you know the scripture, what it says here. Or rather, Second Timothy 1.7 the Bible says here, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God does not want you to live under fear, under the torment of fear. Fear is tormenting. This dread, this constant worry is tormenting. And listen to what the Lord said here. I love this in Matthew 10, 28. I'm just showing you a few scriptures here as it relates to this. Matthew 10, 28 says this. The Lord Jesus himself, I love this, says, and fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. We trying to worry about coronavirus and getting robbed and this and that, and this and that. What that means is all of those things, all those things that we dread are taking up so much of your mind and attention. You're not focused on the Lord. You're trying to focus on keeping yourself safe. Our attention turns to us and not him. Listen, when our fears go unchallenged, when these dreads go unchallenged, they cause us to live in daily torment. You understand that, right? When these fears go unchallenged, they cause us to live in daily, uh, daily torment. We are tormented by the thoughts of what might happen. How much time have you wasted? Have you wasted worrying about something that might have happened and never did? How much time and energy that you sit there, you cry about, you talk about, 
This might happen. That might happen. How much time has Satan stolen from you? Worrying about stuff that has never happened. Why didn't it happen? Because the Lord is with you. He's with you. Now, in general, we should prepare for the worst and expect the best. There's nothing wrong with that. Preparing for the worst and expect the best. We prepare and then we must live. If you're concerned about somebody robbing you, if that's a fear on your heart, but then it's always a good idea to only carry, uh, only carry the things that you need. There's no sense in you carrying a wallet full or purse full of money. There's no sense in you carrying 10 or 12 credit cards in your wallet when you only use on a regular basis one or two. Why carry all that plastic with you? It's a good idea to take a photocopy of your, or, or picture or what have you of your driver's license and put it away in some secure place. It's a good idea not to leave uh, expensive things laying out in your car when you go somewhere. Take it in the house if you don't need it. Are you hearing me? Even as, as it relates to our passwords, if you're concerned about cyber things and people hacking, use special characters in your passwords. Maybe put a period or an exclamation mark or a dollar sign or something like that in front and behind of your password. That's going to make it more challenging uh, for for any would-be hackers and all that. And please verify, verify, verify if someone tells you you owe something by way of a phone call or telemarketer or by way of some email and they say, call this number. Don't call that number. You go and you find the number of the company and you call the company and you verify that way. There are ways to, uh, there are ways to do our part. If you're concerned about the virus, keep your hands sanitized. Uh, keep your face mask on it and maintain your distance. There are things that we can do. But after you do what you do, you have to live. You have to live. There's an old saying, if you're going to worry, don't pray. Or why pray? And if you're going to pray, why worry? You do what you can do. Prepare. You prepare and then you live. You trust God. You live. You live. Now listen to these, to the excellent counsel of the Lord Jesus. I love this. The Lord gives us excellent counsel. I'm telling you, Jesus is your answer. He is your solution. Listen to what the Lord Jesus said here in six, Matthew, the sixth chapter, very familiar, but I want to read this out of the message Bible. I love the way it conveys this truth. Matthew, the sixth chapter, verse 31 through 34. It says, the Lord says here, if God, gives so, if God gives such attention uh, to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never, uh, never ever seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, do his best for you? I love that. Don't you think he'll do that for you? Let's go on. He said, what I'm trying to do here is to get you to Relax. Listen to Jesus talk. Let me start that again. What I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax. To not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. People who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things. But you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality. 
God initiative, God, God provision. Don't worry about missing out. That's the big thing Jesus says. Don't worry about missing out. I need to say that a few more times. God says, don't worry about missing out. Don't worry about missing out. He says, you'll find all, all your everyday human concerns will be met. Listen, verse 34. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. One thing about worry, you're always thinking about what might happen. You're always thinking about future things. You're never in the present. You're never enjoying your life right now because you're always thinking about what might happen, what could happen. You never live in the moment. You never live in the moment. You never experience the beauty of God's creation for always thinking about, oh, but some, something may be in the woods coming after me. Something might happen. You never experience the love of your, your family or your spouse or your children because you're always thinking about what might happen. But you need to take a moment and just embrace your loved one. Just embrace him and just thank God. Just thank God. Thank God for them. The Lord says here, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard thing, whatever hard things come up when the time comes. Need to write that down. Stick it up on the wall. The Lord said he's delivering you from the spirit of dread. He's delivering you from the spirit of dread. He says live in the moment, man. And tell the truth about it, there's no such thing as future because it is always now. It is always now. It is always now. Now we can plan, absolutely. You should plan, put things on the calendar, absolutely. But it's, it's always now. It's always present. Are you hearing me? Let me show you one last scripture, then we're going to close out today. Let's look at Romans, Romans 8, 28 through 39. We're going to do a little bit of reading here because I need you to see this and I need you to understand this. The Father loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And just like you care about people that you love, you don't want anything to hurt them or harm them. You don't want anything that would destroy them. You don't want any of that in their lives. You want things that are for their good. If you, the Lord says, if you being evil know how to give good things to your children, how about your heavenly father? It's a matter of trust. You have to trust God. Trust God. Look at Romans, Romans again, Romans 8, verse 28 through 39. Verse 28 says, and we know that all things work together for who? For what? For good to who? That's right. For them, all, let's start again. For we know that all things work together for good to them. Say that them is talking about me. 
How do we know that? Because the them here, it says, for all things work together for the good, rather for good of them that love God to them who are the called according to his purpose. You love God. Do you love God? Are you part of the called according to his purpose? Well, then you have to know that the Lord has um, orchestrated just like a conductor at some type of orchestra. He has he has conducted all things to work together for your good. For you, it's going to work out for your good. This hard thing you're going through, the thing you've been worrying about and fretting over and dreading. God said, I've got it worked out. So it work out together for your good. Listen, it says here, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. The word predestinate there means decide beforehand. God decided before you were born, he made a decision before you got here. Something about you. Well, what decision did he make that you would be conformed to the image of his son? And what does the word conform mean? having the same form as another, a similar form. How is that? What does that mean? Well, here's an image for you. It's like that of a cookie cutter. God said, I'm going to give you, I decided before you got here, you were not a part of the discussion. God said beforehand, he predestinated you before you were you. God had a decision. He made a decision about you. And this is the decision that he made. You're going to have the same form as my son, Jesus is an overcomer. <laughs> to say the least, he is an overcomer. He is all powerful. He is honored by the father. He is righteous. He is just. He is holy. He is redeemed. He is full of joy, full of love, full of hope. He is all these things. And God said, I got a cookie cutter. I have foreordained it before you got here before you even before you were a thought in your mom and daddy's eye thought in the eye that doesn't sound very okay we'll skip on before you were a thought the father said i made a decision about you what what did you decide papa what, what did you decide for us i want you to be just like my son you're going to be conformed unto his image. Let's move on. Verse 30. He says, moreover, whom he did predestinate. That's talking about you. Say it's talking about me. Whom he did predestinate. Them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. Now the word justified means to declare pronounce one to be just righteous or such as one ought to be God says simply there is nothing wrong with you I see nothing wrong with you God declared you justified just we can also say the word justified meaning just if I'd never sinned just if I'd never stepped or made that mistake God says I see nothing wrong with you he said, them he 
Uh, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. Glorified means to praise, to extol, to magnify, to celebrate, to give special honor to. God said, when I decided that about you, I had a party, and then we clapped for you. We praised. We, I, who are you praising, Lord? He said, I, I honored you. I honored you, and I celebrated you. You weren't in on that discussion. The Lord said, he did this beforehand. He knew you and he gave you special honor then and he has not changed his view of you now. You are honored of the Lord. You're honored of him. Look at verse 31. It says, what shall we say to these things? What things? Things we just talked about how God is honoring you and how he justified you and how he how he celebrates you and, and how you predestined for good things. He says, for what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. Who is he that condemneth? In other words, who is, who is the one that can speak evil of you? Who can do it? And it matters at all. None. Who can speak evil of you in a nasty post or a nasty comment or somebody talking in the back room? God says, who? Who can condemn you? Who can speak evil of you? He says, it is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God who also maketh intercession for us? Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of God? For, rather, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, here's the things that we're dreading right here. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness, or peril, or sword. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor Powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So why would we be dreading? Why would we live with worry and fear? When actually God has already planned out your days, he has a wonderful plan in store for you and he's working things out in your favor for your good last question here is how are you going to handle your dread from here on out how are you going to handle your worry from here on out how are you going to handle it are you going to trust God you're going to trust Jesus trust in his word are you going to prepare prepare and then live in faith Remember, faith without works is dead, so you're going to have to prepare. There's something that you're going to have to do. But then after you prepare, you live in faith. There's no such thing as you preparing and then worrying. You're going to have to live. Or will you take the road that you've been traveling? 
You're going to handle your dread by worrying about it all the time. Some people handle, handle the fear by taking refuge in the bottle that is drinking drugs or sex or gambling or being angry or, or shopping till you drop, till your credit card melts in your hand. There are, there are destructive ways to dealing with your fear, and then there are constructive ways of doing it. You have to choose which one you're going to do. Here's the word I have to give to you today. Identify your dread. Identify it. What are you dreading? What is always over you? What's the cloud hanging over your head? And then confront it. You're going to have to challenge it. Confront it. Challenge it. I will not live like this any longer. I will not live with this fear hanging over my life. Like Job, what has my children done? What are they doing? Oh, I better this. Oh, oh, oh. I will not live in fear. I will not open that door to the adversary. I will overturn the seat of Satan. He will not have control over my life. You must decide you are not an animal, so you will not be caged. You will not cage me. You will not control me. I have one master, and his name is Jesus. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. You're going to have to have the attitude of the four leprous men who were sitting outside the city gates. They say, if we die, we die, but we're going in here. If we go back in the city, we're going to die of famine. If we go into, you know, if we stay where we are, we're going to die. Might as well just go on into the enemy army. If they save us, we'll live. If not, we shall but die. You're going to have that attitude. I'm going to do my best to prepare, and then I'm going to have faith in God and live. I'm going to do my best to prepare, and then have faith in God and live. You got to live. You got to live. You got to trust in him, and you've got to live. We got to live. Last one. Let's go to Matthew 11. Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30. And this is the Lord's word to you today. The Lord says, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Aren't you tired of being worried all the time? Aren't you tired of living under dread, the fear of what might happen, the fear of what so-and-so is doing Aren't you tired of that? Not living in the moment, not enjoying your life for worrying about other folk. Lord said, it's time to break free. It's time to break free. Challenge it. Challenge it. You will not be chained. You will not be caged. You are not an animal. You will enjoy your life independent of what they do. If you're always dependent on them to be right before you get right, you'll never be right. You must live. God wants you to live. Live. Say with me, I must live. Live. The Lord says, come unto me. All you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light.
you've got to live. You can't carry that fear with you. You've got to live. Let me pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I bring to you your people that have gathered in this place and those that have gathered online and those that are listening and watching from all around the world. Lord, I pray that you would break them out of the cycle of dread, break the spirit and the control of dread, worry and fear from their lives today. Father, I pray that you give them the boldness to challenge it, to confront it, and that your people no longer be caged, no longer be shackled, but that they would arise and become all that you've called them to do and become all that you've called them to be. Free them, Father. Free them. Free them from the oppression, from the shackles and chains of the enemy. Free them, oh God, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I declare liberty and the time of jubilee upon your people. Break them through. Father, we thank you for hearing our prayers and for delivering your people. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. God bless you. See you next time. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.